Welcome to Season 2, Episode 36 of the Island Green Pod. Welcome to 2022. I'm joined, as always, with Mr. Fred. How you doing, buddy? It's been a long... <laughs> 25 plus 10, 36 days, but we made it. We made it. Um, notably absent for our episode is our ever-present, uh, and we're missing him, BK. He's had a long 35 days as well. Yeah, and we're going to get right into this. So uh, literally the day that the last podcast was released, I had just edited it. I had just pressed publish. It went out to everyone. I walked back out to the kitchen, and I'm not joking, my phone rang. Hi there. This is, I think, Sherry from the uh, PEI's health office. You have been identified as a close contact of someone that's had COVID. And my reaction was, oh, that that sucks. And I was kind of laughing when I did it. And she started laughing because most people, I think, are getting upset. They're not laughing. They're not laughing, I guess. So anyway, I'm like, I said, well, that sucks. Anyway, off I go. I'm standing in line, and it is three parking lots deep, and I'm kind of just watching. Next thing you know, this great big truck goes right in front of me, and I look, and it's got, uh, what did he have on the side of his, Golf Mania on the side of his truck. (laughs) I said, hey, bud, what are you doing here? (laughs) He calls me up, and then immediately, maybe 45 seconds after the conversation starts, we're in our each other, where he's in my, right behind me, I'm in the car, and I said, two of, the, two of the three Island Green podcast hosts are in this lineup. So I sent a message to, to you. I said, uh, two or three Island Green podcasters sitting in the line getting a COVID test. Something you want to tell us, bud? Yeah. It wasn't the only text I got that day, I'll tell you that much. I replied five seconds later. Sorry, boys. <laughs> uh, yep. Listen, like, like I said, told you that many times. Well, I mean, we were negative, thankfully, which is crazy that we were really because we were. It's it's just it's so weird how it transmits. Yeah, uh, we talked about that, you know, off the line, but like we were in, like a, no more than a, no about a meter apart the entire for an hour and a half. Yep, and both clean, no problem. Yeah, and, and then your family, family negative. Everybody, yeah. kids, yeah, wife. So I think that was the Delta variant. Not to get too science packed, though, right? Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, I had COVID before it was cool to have COVID. <laughs> Everybody's got it now. I was a trendsetter. Speaking of which, um, you you got it, and I remember talking about it. And one of the symptoms, obviously, was your taste buds. Yep. And here it is, month and month and four days yeah december 7th so january 7th yeah month later still don't have them no taste no smell i get hints of uh hints of taste every so often and i think it's it's back but it's more my mind playing tricks on me i mentioned to you earlier that if i've a food that i'm comfortable with that i've eaten before so vegetables uh Lots of healthy stuff, chicken, rice. You know, the taste for the first two bites is Your there. Your brain tricks you into thinking it's right. already. Right. So, oh, you yeah. know, you know what this tastes like. I'm yeah, like, yeah. 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 And then it says, "Haha, not so fast," and gone. Um, so uh, yeah, not, nothing yet. But I mean, did it hit your heart? No, not at all. Yeah. I had about a half day, uh, one day of uh, that achy, sinusy, headache, kind of bones ache, yep. fever chill. Yep. 
and the next morning I woke up and good to go. So, and it was once again, because there wasn't, I think at the time when I had it, there was only five active cases in PEI. Yep. So, you know, the isolation was, you know, 12 days for me and 14 for my family. And, and now as they've done more research and know more about how it transmits and all that, now the isolation's yeah. four, three days for close oh, contact. I, oh, and, I'm well aware. <laughs> yeah. I was supposed to go to drive down to Philadelphia, oh, right. remember, on that Friday. Yeah. Anyway, we delayed it and listen, it wasn't a... Wasn't um, a big deal. So, uh, along with the text that you sent me, uh, I had played golf with uh, uh, Mark White. Yep. Uh, yep. Mike White at Berkey's. at Marky Burke's house yep. on a Saturday night. So there was eight of uh, seven of us playing, and uh, like you know they all got, they all got nice. the same call that you got, and uh, <laughs> I started getting a text from Mike White and Trevor Geeky saying, "Trevor saying, listen, man, I don't go many places." <laughs> uh, and Mike White got called. Uh, and I just said the same thing, yeah, you know, sorry, boys. And they all said the same thing, going, you don't do it. And you don't I mean it. It's crazy, eh? Because it's, you did nothing wrong. Yeah, just right? went about like, my life. And I, but you know, I mask and I wear, I yep. vaccinated and yep. you do everything yep. that you're supposed to do. But, yeah. and there's no, like you said, there's no rhyme or reason. The interaction that I had with the, where I caught it was no more than 10 minutes. It was like less than 10 minute interaction with someone just chatting. Yeah crazy and then like you said i was with those guys for six hours yeah totally uh yourselves uh, my family they don't get it so i mean really it's just i don't want to say it's the luck of the draw or whatever but i somewhat unluck of the draw i guess but uh no i uh i feel great good no no lingering side effects uh well the cove head disease wasn't uh finished with us yet though because no uh, here we are a couple weeks later and BK ended up getting it. He doesn't, I don't think he's, he's not sure where he got it from, but went through his whole family. Um, and, uh, you know, he had to isolate and all the rest of it. My brother over in Dartmouth, he and his whole family have had it. Like, I mean, now it's just a matter. I, I really feel like it's now it's just a matter of time. When, not if, but when. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Anyway, a couple of the other guys that I know as well. But um, anyway, this show is not going to be about the COVID, but I did find that absolutely hilarious how it was just like literally the same day yeah and i walked out anyway um so uh i mean i do want to go back though because we i mean we released that podcast but obviously right before christmas and i know this is long gone and been discussed and everything but did you get a chance to watch tiger and charlie well there was a couple positives to come out of covid i mean like i had the basement to myself and the big tv and like (laughs) normally uh on a weekend if I had told my family that uh, I couldn't hang out with them or talk to them because I was going to watch it, how old's Charlie? Eleven? I think he's twelve. I was going to watch a twelve-year-old golf all weekend. Yeah, I probably yeah. would have gotten some negative feedback. Meanwhile, <laughs> the pizza box is piled up, and you just kind of went down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fortunately for me, that was the weekend uh, the PNC was on, so I was able to uh, pretty much watch the whole thing, and uh, that was awesome. Uh, I- I remember watching it last year, and I remember, I think we talked, did we, no, this was before, actually, we started in February of last year, so it was, yeah, we never really got a chance to talk about it before, but I, it is, like, the the great end of the season to watch that, obviously, the Tiger thing was just absolutely incredible, but to watch all the, the dads and their sons or daughters, like, it is the it's the best tournament, man. Like, <clears throat> I, I think that, you know, PEI, my, one of my fam- favorite tournaments is the Ken Mac. We talked about that. 
um, the Family Classic, like this to me, they got to start doing some different stuff like that because it, I think it was wildly popular, obviously, Tiger. But it, I love seeing like they'll show highlights of, say, Matt Kuchar from three years ago when he played or Daly. Yeah. And their kids, man, they were just little. Yeah. They were nine, yeah. 10 year olds when they first started. And now Daly's son's playing at University of Arkansas. Yeah. Kuchar's kid is like six foot four. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then, like you said, you have. Uh, Nelly Corda playing with her dad, who's not a golfer. I mean, he plays, but he's not a golfer. Like, he's making putts, and and they're just loving this. I mean, you, I I don't know the official numbers viewership wise, but I I think it was up there in regards to. I thought I saw us a couple of like comparisons. I think it was huge. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it was more than like the final of the FedEx Cup or something like that. Like it was it was a, a crazy yeah. amount of people watched it. And Charlie did hit it pretty good. Oh my God, his swing is crazy. I mean, so what do you think? Do you think? Do you think like they're obviously making all of these predictions on you know blah 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 blah, but I think lots of kids his age have a swing like that. I don't know if I particularly agree with that. They probably do. My thing is when you get to the highest levels or when you're growing or whatever, he will have every single advantage. It's a matter of if he's going to want it or not. Right, which which I mean, known as dad, he's probably gonna want it, and you know I, I, I think that he will. He's going to be unbelievable. That's just my thought because it's one thing to have the swing, obviously, but to have the mental tiger, like <laughs> if I if if tiger sold blood vials on ebay you know i'd be like yeah i'll get a little bit of the blood the tiger blood right you know, inject it in you know put that right after my my booster vaccine here just throw this tiger blood in there for a little yeah the a little extra shot on top the only thing i'm not bagging on an 11 year old kid <laughs> but you're gonna but i'm gonna <laughs> like to me personally it didn't look like he even had was having fun out there i mean if I'm an 11 year old and I'm playing on TV, so like he didn't laugh, he didn't doesn't smile when he plays. Like he 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 makes a putt and he just like you know he picks up the coin and throws it to his dad. And I get it, it's the it's the not not the cockiness, but I mean he made a putt, he, he's pumped. But I mean he didn't high five his dad after. He, remember when he made that eagle sh- or the two years ago he hit that three wood to like a foot for an eagle on one of the holes and tiger was laughing he grabbed him by kind of the arm he kind of shook him and kind of gave him a noogie almost right in the head and charlie didn't even smile or anything like that i mean i, I just like to see him have a little it didn't look like he had fun yeah you know what now that you say that i i agree and, I, and then on the other hand i'm like yeah but he wants to act like he belongs there right like there would be a lot of that too yeah. you know is as you know he's obviously seeing videos and stuff of his dad and all this and how he acts and reacts and all of that he did, you're right though like i remember there was they were watching like uh him make this putt in front of justin thomas and tiger and it was this great big thing or whatever and he did the had the arm up and, and it went in and it was walking away or whatever and tiger kind of started laughing at just and justin thomas they had a shared a laugh and but yeah you're, you're not wrong charlie didn't seem like he he enjoyed it that you know yeah like he played great and and i'm sure inside you know He's loving it, and he's probably got that kind of grin on, like I'm playing good. But you think one of those big putts he makes, he gives Tiger a high five, or they like it seemed like the other they had fun. Like even Daly and his son, you know, had a few laughs and a high five, and you know they were. But also, you know, 
Well, Daly and Daly and his son were probably also sharing a dart and a couple of couple of <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> a couple shots of Jack or something. He can play. Daly's kid can play, man. Oh, he, definitely, definitely. Now, great tournament to watch, and uh, like I said, really good kind of end of the year tournament uh, to kind of finish off the I year. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Um, what's our What's our next topic here? Um, Oh, well, it's just Happy New Year. You know, everyone, did you have a good holiday? Please don't be dial. You know what? Absolutely. 2022. Um, we went to, um, like I said, our trip was delayed by a few days, but we ended up taking the Tesla down to uh, Philly. And uh, anyway, I'm sure a lot of folks probably seen it online, but I, I did tweet. No, not tweet, but post a lot because it was our first road trip in the old EV. And, um, you know, I, I'm just going to throw it out there because... Everybody thinks I'm this, you know, I, I obviously am a, a Tesla fan of what they do. Um, and I and I love my car. I'll never drive a gas car again. But um, there are advantages and disadvantages. And anyone that tells you otherwise is delusional. Like, we stopped on this. I think if you go into Google Maps, it's about a 16-hour drive. We stopped 11 times on the way down. So... We would basically drive. Now, we stopped less on the way back, but it was. We were nervous about. You can get those caramel MMs open there, bud. <laughs> Far be it for me to, you know. Here, give me one second. Here. Nervous about like the getting too low and not seeing the electric station come up? Range anxiety, yeah. So that's what I think a lot of people don't. Are, are, are worried about his range, but Tesla's got it made, man. Like, you you hop in the car, you I put in Philadelphia. It says, first thing, drive to Salisbury, charge, because there's a supercharger there, which charges at a ridiculous rate. Uh, charge for 20 minutes, and it will say right on the screen, you've got enough charge to go to your next stop, which is Quispamsis. Charged up there. That was the last one before we go across the border. In Baileyville, we stopped, and then in, I remember the mall, I think, Brewer, and then, you know, like, and there was all these, you know, and I didn't mind stopping that much. Some people absolutely hate it. I think most people hate stopping on road trips. I think we talked about this before, but my thing is that I like getting out, stretching the legs, having a coffee, having a piss, and, and like, it doesn't, I hated driving long distances. I always have. I didn't mind this at all. Yes, it took longer, but I didn't mind it at all. And really, even the stops that we made, there was one on the way down and one on the way back where we were sitting in the car kind of waiting for it to finish charging. Most times, by the time you go in, have a piss, grab coffee, you know, check out, come back down, you're like five minutes and you're gone, which I loved it. I mean, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I, I loved it, and now we're kind of hopefully going to – we'll probably drive down every summer where we used to fly. Nice. Um I saw some commercial for the Ford electric truck that's coming out. Lightning, yeah. It charges in like a full charge in what, 15, 20 minutes? I don't know. I don't know. But that's that's the supercharger. That's the one that's on the causeway. In that's my, crazy. In my car. Yeah, that'd be some infrastructure there. Um, you know, like just the, the whole, uh, you can hear some rumbling in the background. The uh, dogs decided to have quick wrestling match. A little wrestling match. A little wrestling. But, uh, um it's the way that things are going and the advantages in my opinion far outweigh the disadvantages you know like yeah 
in, I think once you get to a thousand kilometer range in, a, in an electric car, that's going to just change everything. If we can go over, charge up here overnight, don't even have, never have to stop at a gas station or a charging station, head to Halifax, drive around, drive all the way back and never have to charge once, like Yahtzee, that's, that's where it's at. Nice. So you made it back safe and sound. Yeah, what about Qu- you, man? It was it was quiet. I mean, yeah. I think everyone was kind of st- laying low. Uh, yeah. We had a quiet uh, Christmas at home. We had a quiet New Year's. Uh, you know, we're doing some online schooling here for a little while till school's back in. Hopefully next week. If not, we'll just go with the flow and see how it goes. Um, still able to get out and uh, get my one one round a week at the simulator. Um, so at least get me out of the house for that. Um, but yeah, it's kind of winter time. Gross to come out cold i'm not a big fan of leaving the house when it's cold anyway so uh <laughs> yeah i hear you couldn't be a better time to be kind of not isolated but i mean keeping my groups close we'll go we'll go we'll get into sort of because i want to talk about later a little later on about some of the shows that you've watched or whatever because i think um, i've watched know, a lot yeah, yeah right and i'm kind of the same way so we can talk about that in a little bit but what do you think about uh phil mickelson when in the pip i think that whole thing was just a joke I really do. Like, I don't, I don't understand the point of it. Richer guys got richer. I, I don't even think they like Tiger and Phil. Like, what's what's another nine six nine million on their bottom line? Like, it's it's the, it's stupid. I, I, I don't know what their idea was to do it, but Tiger sends one tweet out there with him hitting nine irons or pitching wedges there right when his comeback started. And that it's like a six million dollar chip. Pretty much won the whole, yeah. you know, PIP program. I just, I think it missed the mark of what they were trying to achieve. And I'm, to be fair, I don't even know what they were trying to achieve, really. Yeah, and, and the other funny part was, you come up with a program and you, you make it, you know, you put it out there for everyone to know about. But then you say, but we're not going to tell you who wins this. But we, why wouldn't you just do it internally anyway? Then don't even tell people you're doing it. Just send them a check. Like they send out this big. You know, notice about it. Uh, notice, notice, <laughs> notice about it. This is how it's going to be scored. These, this weird chart. Here are the points where they're broken down. Oh, that's you almost like keeping us on the edge. And then when it ta- comes time to give the winner, you're like, no, no, no. We're not going to tell you who wins. We don't want to do that. We just want you to let you know it's out there. It's like, well, who cares? Uh, nobody cares. No, it's, it's dumb. I don't know. Like, split that money up and give so, it to the feeders feeder tour players because they're they the ones 40 million. grinding right like absolutely um speaking of speaking of that actually it's kind of on brand and on topic um had a discussion the other day about um how the pga tour should stop talking about money like they should getting to this kind of wraps up our whole conversation about like you know everybody loved the pnc because it was a different format and they were playing with their kids and all that kind of stuff in my opinion, they need to start doing different formats and stop worrying about and stop pub- publicizing like the final purses and how much people win for this, that, and the other thing. Like, do you really know what people win when they win the Stanley Cup? What, what all the players win? No clue. Do you know what football players, you know, what do they win when they, they win the Super Bowl? Like, no clue. Yeah, there's some, a couple of things out there, but for the most part, there's, there's nothing. And, and then the PGA Tour, of course, it's based on money, how much money you've made during the entire thing. And I remember when Tiger like first came in and, and it was 
at that point, it, it was different because he was making so much more than anybody else. And he was, he was literally making the, what do they say? Turn the dial or like change, uh, needle mo- moving the needle. And like the Fiddler. Yeah. A hundred percent the same way. Same, same rate of pay too. But he, uh, you know, and, and so like if they took out that and then just focus on wins, right? Like, you know, Cameron Smith just won last weekend and that's, that should be the focus in my opinion. Like it's been a long time since I've looked at who, who won the money list, like who won the money, you know? And you know, the playoffs is another example. Like they focus on as a $10 million putt for whoever, like they're at that point. Like they don't, they don't give a shit about that. It's, it's about the win. So start making it, you know, more prestigious to, to win these events and then start introducing some of these other events, you know, like how about a couple of team events, you know, you get team tailor made with tiger and, you know, Rory and whatever against team Titleist, And, you know, like all of these other things can be possible if they stopped doing that. Yeah. And I feel sometimes too, they're not alienating a certain type of people, but I mean, like you said, do I want to see, you know, this putt's worth $333,000 or this and that. And then some people are thinking, that's a lot, like, that's a grotesque amount of money. Yeah, yeah. Like, you ever see the breakdown sometimes? They'll take, like, a, a star pitcher from, like, the major leagues. He's making $30 million a year. And they break it down. They'll say, he's making this much per start. Per he's making this pitch. much per inning. Yeah, yeah, and they say yeah, he's making, yeah. making $37,000 every pitch he makes. And yeah. to some people, that's a cool stat. And they say, that's crazy. Other people look at that and they're like, that's fucking disgusting. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. No, is any human on earth worth $37,000 every time he throws the ball? Like, <laughs> like people think that. So the same type of people would look at a golf event if they were doing, like you said, sometimes they, they'd break that down. They're like, oh, you know, if he misses his putt, he drops to a tie for fourth and he's only going to collect $189,000. If he makes the putt, he finishes second alone and he's going to bank five hundred and six. This This could be a $421,000 putt. People yeah. are going to be turned off by that. Like, yeah. The, and yeah, you know, and maybe the PIP program, maybe that kind of gives them a little bit of a, the PGA Tour, they basically say, you know what, you know, that nobody really did give a shit about the money because really nobody did. You yeah. know, like, I don't know. Uh, that's why I kind of like the idea of the FedEx Cup points. Most of the year when you see in the corner saying he's going to earn 500 points to win, he's 60 points behind, you know, third place to get into the East Lake. That, the last couple of tournaments they do that. If he makes this putt, he, dro- he goes up to sixty nine and yeah. and seventy yeah. drops down to seventy two. Yeah. Oh, I people paid a lot of re- attention to that because Roger was right on that yeah. thing until he finished you know, with a bang. So. People relate with that because it's a points. It's like standings and more of like the standings in NHL. The standings in the NFL. It's not. Yeah. This player makes this much his salary. Imagine every time Aaron Rodgers was throwing passes, they were like, just just so you remember, he he makes twenty five million a year. Like, yeah. If yeah, they kept like, bringing it up. Yeah, Every so, you know, he's making over a million dollars for this game. Let's break that down to $250,000 a quarter. Let's go break that down to, you know, every minute. Like, it's, it's stupid, and, and, I, and they don't do it in those other major sports. So why, why do it in golf? And I, I know that money's a big thing, but I think, and, and it's, it will always be that way, but I just think that they should focus more on, um, on, on other things. On, and, anyway. on the flip side of announcing. Yeah, Husey, that uh, Husey and... Uh, who else was with me? And not Gamester. Anyway, we we're talking about that, and they brought that up. So I wanted to on shout the fl- out. On the, on the flip side of money, though, on the good side of money, LPGA. Did you see what their U.S. Open women's got to? No. Ten million dollars for the purse this year's U.S. Women's Open. 
Yeah. Okay. I, which is unbelievable. That's that's so life changing. So they're starting to catch up, which the is me, great. The men's was eleven point five last year. No way. But twelve the, this year. So so it's, so it's ten this year. What are the other ones? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the sponsor, the, uh, a heavy sponsor came on for, for that one, um, obviously. But that's great. That's where it starts, that's right? That's 100%, what... absolutely. So, yeah, that's awesome. Good for them. Sponsors pick up the other three majors and get those ones bumped up. Then maybe the yeah. regular tour events can get bumped up. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know what last year's U.S. Women's Open purse was, but... I, it, not that. It, it wasn't Would it even be half that? It wasn't, no, I don't think so. I was going to say... It wasn't 10 million. So, wow. congrats to the LPGA uh, ladies. Yeah. Yeah, geez, that's awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to all that. It's way too early for me to start getting excited about like all the uh, golf around here, though. Yeah, eh? Like, no. Christ, here it is, January 10th. Speaking of uh, 10 million, did you put your resume in for the executive director of golf PEI position? No, but before we shout out to Mark. Yes. Mark McLean. Who Great did, job. Uh, I think he was there nine years. And um, he did, like, yeah, like, um, obviously he's on to the uh, political side. Um, great time to start that. Good luck. <laughs> God love you, buddy. Anyway, but uh, fantastic job growing the game. And, and, you know, their mandate is to basically market PEI golf. And generally speaking, outside of Atlanta, Canada. So it's obviously been challenging, you know, um, in the last couple of years with, with the COVID disease. But uh I, I, it, golf's in a great spot, and it, you know has a lot to do with the, his, you know, his leadership and organization there. That just, uh, you know, that he just did. So anyway, shout out to Mark and good luck with your political career. Um, he worked so well with the other kind of industry stakeholders in PEI, right? Mm-hmm. With your golf, with um, PEI's finest golf and Ryan Garrett and that yep. group. Um, yep. The uh, PEIGA, um, kind of all the government. You know, a lot of funding from is going to come from the government as well. So Mark's just a people person, and totally. I think they're looking for someone to kind of come in and be that same kind of person, right? Be out there, be able to... <laughs> broke, don't fix it. Yeah, drum up some some funding and... and so. Yeah, market it, man. Like, we're, we're hopefully going to get back into a somewhat, hopefully, a recovery tourism year. And so, you know, that's going to be a big part of it, marketing the golf. Um, Can we handle the tourism for golf, though? I mean, you can't get a tee time <laughs> with no tourism. What well, do you do whenever they start showing up again? That's that's a great call. So, you know, now, great segue into sort of membership rates and such. Uh, I think everything's going up. Everything's going up. Which? Preliminary uh, findings have <laughs> prices going up. Caramel anyway. M&M's. Caramel M&M's, yeah. I got an insulin shot in my bag in case you need one. Um, <laughs> Preliminary discussions have prices going up for memberships uh, at most PEI golf courses, and that's normal. I mean, every year you do see a little bit of an increase. I can't give firm numbers, but uh, from the people that I have talked to, yep, their their rates are going to go up for um, for memberships, and we'll kind of see if that changes people. Well, the first ones I saw we were are they published for Anderson Creek? I know that um, they were on their website. I think. Are they, not? They, they might be. Yeah, I think they were. So I think I went there and seen them, and they've got. They basically went up. Um, they're, they did kind of a premium. I uh, think their their min membership now is fifteen hundred, and then they have a premium walking, and then like a VIP, premium cart. The whole know, the whole shebang. Foot rubs from Benny at the turn. Yeah, and that's twenty five hundred. So, <laughs> the thing is, though, if you look at it, if you're a person that drives, like. 
that that premium VIP, and it gives you access to like your premium times for booking. Um, but it's twenty five hundred for the year. You get two hundred dollars or two hundred fifty dollars like food. I think it's two hundred dollars food credit. You get okay. four passes to bring guests. So there's two hundred bucks. Two hundred, yeah, two hundred fifty bucks, sixty bucks. And you know, if you play thirty, forty times in a golf cart, it's twenty five, twenty bucks or whatever. Like you, you start doing the math, and you're like, you're ahead, you yeah. know. And you get the access to those tea times. Anyway, I think the biggest thing for people this year with memberships is isn't going to be maybe the money. It's going to be that what you just said. When can I have access to the tea times so that as a member, if I pay a little bit more. I shouldn't have to fight with someone who book comes online that morning and I lose a tea time to not to say green fees are bad. Courses want green fees too. But oh, yeah. as a member, they're going to pay, they're willing to pay more to get the tea time when they want to play and what day they want to play. I mean, I think most people should be prepared for like a little bit of a, a little bit of a shock really, because I think. You know, I've heard rumblings, and I don't know if this is complete hearsay that Fox is getting rid of their two-day membership. Um, you know, and do we the, do a live call with Trevor right now and put him on the spot? <laughs> he wouldn't know. That's not his end of the business. But <laughs> uh, I, I just, I mean, the, basically, what's end up happening is that the the shift of power was with was with the general public, and and you know, the it was with the golfer. It was with the golfer is a better way of saying it. Yeah, and now it's kind of shifting a little bit towards the the. The, the owners and the clubhouses and the, and the golf courses because the fact of the matter is you can't find a tee time anywhere. Nope. So the business is there. It's supply and demand. It's basic, you know, math, right? So if the supply is, you know, it's in short supply, I guess, you know, raise your price. You're bound to have people dropping off, obviously, but it will probably be a better experience for the members that do stick around. So... Devil's advocate. It's my favorite position to play. Me too. Um, what do the golf courses do in two years if the wave starts to dissipate like it did? Every wave goes up and comes down. Right. You well, can't, I got, two, you can't I got turn, two things on that. You can't turn back the prices. Sure you can. You, you, There's no you, contract in place. No, I know. That's what they already did, bud. Yeah, I guess. You know, like the, the 995 uh, at Belvedere, I don't know if they're doing that again this year. I would seriously doubt it. But that wasn't put in place to generate, you know, members. Yeah, that's true. And it was never there before. It was never that cheap. They can there's nothing set in stone. No, I if know. Ben, if Ben and but the wage, boys are, wage, are, wages are, wages aren't going to go down and the cost of operating the businesses are never going to well, go down. Well, my second so point to, to that is that I also don't think that golf is going to go down anytime soon. I know that everybody thinks it's a wave and then when COVID blah blah blah, but the fact of the matter is and I think we talked maybe we somebody else talked about this. Golf is actually cool now. Like golf is one of those things that people are going out and it's all over TikTok and it's all over, you know, the internet and, and people are, and you and I both know, once you do it and you, you know, you get a few swings and you get addicted, you get seriously addicted. Uh, I don't think, I, it, I don't think two years, three years, it's going to be just as busy as it is now, in my opinion, five, 10, too early to tell, you know, you never know. But I think, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are, taking up the sport and they're not going anywhere. Yeah, I agree. I think you said people that played the game this year picked it up in the last two years. They're not just going to quit it and be like, ah, prices went up a little bit and you know, I'm able to do other things now. I'm done with the golf. They're like, no, I really enjoyed my time out there. Yeah. I'm going to make, I'm going to make time now for golf. 
Yeah. Even if other stuff comes back in that I couldn't do, I'm still going to make time for golf. That was, I mean, that was one of the things that I, being a member of, you know, lucky enough to have one at Fox. I had one of those two days. I mean, it's all up in the air for me. I don't know what the hell is going on. But um, one of the things that I'd like to see golf courses implement is exactly what uh, Anderson Creek did, which was implement like the food and beverage. Um, and, you know, if it's a matter of you increase, <clears throat> you put it up there, even if you increased it by the amount of the food and beverage credit. So, you you know, like if it, even if it was just that much and then as an incentive, you give them access to some priority tee times. Reward the members that are going to reward that are going to stick around, have a bite to eat. You know they're not going to be doing their quick run of the trying to see how quickly they can get 18 in and and get off the golf course as quick as possible. I mean I don't know like that. To me, they're not they're not support they're not helping your golf course. Those those folks. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's nothing wrong with folks that do that. They do it for the exercise. And there's a lot of a lot of the you know you don't have the finances and all that kind of stuff. That's fine, but in my opinion, you need to pay more to do that than somebody that plays maybe two times a week and whatever. Yeah, and I think there's different, you know, the way it's structured here in PEI and I'm all over for golf, every community or every town. There's a golf course that will fit what you want it to be for the price that you're willing to pay. So if you are the type that just doesn't care about the, really the connection of the golf course, you're just getting out there for a walk. Yep. There's going to be a course that has the Do right... Do you want to name some names? Definitely not. <laughs> I got nothing but love for all of them. Now, there's a few that I could throw. Um, there'll be a course for you and a price that fits your, fits your budget. Mm -hmm. If you're the guy that wants to play six days a week and you want to play in the big money matches and you want to play with a lot of good quality golfers, there's courses that are going to be there for you to, for, to join and, and that. So yep. there's no shortage of inventory to... F now... It's the like you said. It's the person that wants to go to the the high end golf course with the nice manicure, this, and then wants it at a discounted rate, and doesn't want to help the clubhouse by supporting by buying clubs, food, uh, balls. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's a business, right? Right. Like, it's the same as the golfer's not going to go to the smaller course and walk in the pro shop and expect to see Volky wedges and tailor made clubs on stocked in the pro shop, foot joy shoes high-end golf clothing so to the, to that you know to what to continue on what you were saying and I, I think I mentioned this a couple episodes back God knows last year is a long time ago but I think there is a if Fox Meadow didn't sell or didn't that that whole thing like we didn't have the downturn in the golf industry there and they had the the, the, the golf Academy or whatever if they took that land and made a little nest you know the Cabot nest <clears throat> and it you know, maybe put the lights on, you know, like there is a market for that, in my opinion, um, just something to do, you know, because there's a lot of, a lot of girls, women that are getting into the game. Um, they, they, you know, work or whatever, obviously, and then, you know, they want to do it in the evening or, or whatever in the summer. Like there's, I don't know, I feel like there's a ton of different opportunities out there, but, um, and I, and I think that, I think that as, you know, we basically have two city golf courses here in Charlottetown uh, with Fox and Belvedere. I think that it's going to cause folks to go out a little farther out, um, you know, so the beneficiaries would be the Cavendish golf courses, the Avondales, maybe the, the Brudenell, the Dunderave, want, want to go with that far. But um, anyway, and I think they're going to be become much busier this summer 
um, if the rates go up as well, which again, I don't see that as a bad thing. Yes, it's going to cost everybody a couple extra dollars, um, but you know, at the end of the day, I mean, that's what you do. And like you said, if if tourism kicks back up this summer and golf PEI markets and we can get the people here again, those are the courses that they go to, right? Typically, your tourists aren't booking Fox Meadow and Belvedere and those places. They're booking Cavendish and in the Creek and, and that place is in Dundrave and Crowbush. So, I agree. It could be another tough year for tea times. So moving into, we, we touched, I uh, just mentioned Avondale, and it just reminded me of something. Of course, they are, um, I think it was last pod we talked about them getting the amateur, maybe the one before that. No, yeah, last we, we did, we did mention that they had been rewarded the 2022 amateur. Yeah. Yep. And um, I think overall, like, the, the response is awesome. I think everybody is pumped about it because... Uh, They've improved, you know, everything, you know, so we, we, I'm repeating what we said last time, but um, everybody's really looking forward to it. But brought up an interesting conversation. I was talking to Steve Anderson, um, who, by the way, is going to come down, come back and play 300 rounds next year because he's just fired up to get back to PEI and play. Um, and Brody Ward, Jace Poley, and, and Michael Judson, we got a little group and we talk. And one of the things that, we, we, that I think uh, Brody was mentioning was <clears throat> he thinks that it would be a good idea to maybe take the golf PE or the golf Canada courses, the ones that are listed and do a rotation and have it as a rotation for the amateur. So say there's 12, I don't know how many there is, but say there's 12 courses. Well, it's, a, it's at least like maybe not a 12 year rotation, but at least like a, maybe a six so that, you know, 2025, it's going to be at Anderson's Creek or it's going to be at, like Green Gables or Fox Meadow or whatever. Like, so it's not like it changes every year, but it shouldn't. And the other point that I was going to bring up with this is that have it at Crowbush, you know, or have it at Dunderave or Brudenell. You're smiling. And I, and I know what the, the response is. is like, they don't why in the hell would they close the golf course on a weekend to, to do this? To which my <laughs> response is, don't have it on a weekend. If you know, if I know, and all these golfers know that in 2024, it's going to be a Crowbush and it's going to be on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That changes nothing, I don't think. Because they would already have the Sunday off for any tournament anyway. They will just, Monday, Tuesday, those will be vacation days, they'll be do whatever. But if you have enough time and notice and you can prepare, I mean, that's what the Canadian Am and all that, I mean, they're not on, they're not on weekends for the most part. They're, you know, all through the week and such. And to play a course like Crowbush at the PI Amateur, I think that would be, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I think. And by the way, sorry, but yes, they don't want to close. But we do pay, like, uh, PI Golf Social does pay a green fee for those, uh, for those times. So it's not like they're out a crazy amount of money. And if the weather was shitty, they're up a bunch. Like yeah. Fox, there wouldn't have been a player on the golf course the Sunday uh, final day at, at Fox Meadow. No, that's true. And, and I guess also to that point, though, it's, you know, are you prepared as an amateur to one year pay $150 to play and then the next year pay 300 right? Because if, if a certain course needs a green fee, if Crowbush hosts it, they need a certain amount per player for a green fee. They obviously won't be able to get the same. They're not going to get the same green fee that Avondale is probably getting this year, right? They would have their own deal done up with the PGA. Well, I agree and I disagree because everybody plays the same amount to Golf Canada. Whether mm-hmm. it's a crowbush or a 
Green Gables or whatever. And since this is a Golf Canada event, um, I don't know. I, I think that like there should be a set amount, and you should have you know Golf Canada or Golf BI or whatever. They should mandate it. Like it should be forced upon these tournaments instead of just because right now the tournaments, from what I understand, and I don't know a whole lot of it uh, about it right yet, right now, but. They put in bids. They submit bids, and they're like, you know, so for example, Avondale put in a bid, and they and they won it. Stanhope put in a bid. Fox yeah. obviously did uh, yeah. last and they year. Yeah, evaluated, and they said they awarded it to whatever. But take that, take that out of it. Like, basically say, hey, Stanhope, you're you're 2025. Uh, Anderson Creek, you're 2026. You know, when it, I I I just I just don't think you'd ever get any of the other courses on. None of them would agree to us. But, they would, but what I'm saying is that they would have to. If they want to oh. be in Golf Canada, this is what you have to do. You have to support your local golfers. Um, your dates can be flexible. The weekends can be within a certain range. But this is this is a mandatory thing, you know. Like, be, well, really, because yeah. you know. Anyway, that's that's my thoughts on it. But um, it's not. Uh, it was a, it was a good conversation. Oh no, definitely. I mean. If you look at, uh, I think it is the same group that mostly puts in the bids year after year, right? Right. I don't think you see much. No, well, why would they? Right. Yeah. Um, and a side note here. Government courses, it's taxpayers' money. <laughs> you know. Well. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves here. Mark McLean's in the other shoes now, so maybe we've got to uh, press him a little bit let's on start, this and say. Let's start a shitstorm. It was good for you whenever you worked for Golf BI, <laughs> and all of a sudden now you don't want anything to do with us. Well, actually, I'll ask you, Nick. Do you think there should be like an Islander rate at these golf courses? I don't know. I've never really thought about that too much. I think there should be. I think there should be an Islander rate to leave the bridge. Well, see, I'm going to disagree with that. It, the, the bridge is privately owned. Like straight crossing, you know, obviously they got money, you know, and all that kind of stuff, but they own it. If I built that bridge, you're not getting a discount to cross it. Right? Yeah. But if if it, if it's if it's Government. our tax dollars that are paying for these golf courses and, and the staff and all that kind of stuff to get, to, to, to be open, mm-hmm. like why why aren't we getting a little discount to play them, especially when a lot of them are somewhat open, like fairly clear on certain days. Yeah, I'm such. sure they could do something where like 24 hours before, if the tee sheet's open low, and yeah. uh, you get an island to yeah. race, yeah. Uh, 20, 24 hours before you want to go online and want a book or something. I mean, you, you don't want the, the course like being played to death, obviously, you know, where the results in, um, I mean, they, they talk about Belvedere all the time getting Christ out. How many round, 40, 40, rounds? 40,000 rounds, right? You don't want that. But no. on the other hand, it's like maybe maybe open up select tee times and yeah. whatever. And, you know, this is an island. It does right pain do me that. to go pay. 100 and some odd dollars. 120 something bucks, I think it is, yeah. with a cart. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, a little dear. But um, so uh, back to that, the amateur and talking about that for a minute, I think. Um, now, they are going to introduce a new mid-am trophy because our mid-am, trying to get this right. Everywhere else, mid-am is 25 plus. And I think... Our mid-am is 25 plus. We have a mid-master that's 40 plus. Yeah. There's something with the age discrepancy. I think in other spots, like you could be a mid-am and it's 20 or something. Anyway, they're introducing a new trophy. 
Okay. I have to I'll have to get back to the podcast listeners on that, but uh, and I might be speaking out of my ass, but uh, there's there's something that our end of the year like or amateur at the amateur the the trophies that are awarded we're missing one. Yeah, we don't have a mid am. We don't have a mid am trophy. That's what it is. We don't have a mid am trophy at the amateur. We have an amateur. We have a mid master. We have senior and all that kind of stuff. But we don't have a mid am trophy. At the amateur, that's okay. what the, that's what they're doing, um, and uh, which is great, you know. Hopefully, it takes more people out of my division. I'm just <laughs> I'm kidding, but um, and uh, what I was, I, I instantly started thinking, well, they should name these trophies. You know, what did the Mid Am Trophy, what did the, the the Mackenzie Club, you know, Mid Am Trophy or something like that. I don't know. Maybe you open up a whole other carrot can of worms because there's been you know sort of plenty of. Great golfers, you know, deserve to have their names on trophies. But anyway, that was just my thought. It's so funny. I remember a couple, not a couple years ago, but when they moved that mid-am age down to 25, it was because if you looked at the Canadian amateur, it was all 17, 18, 19-year-olds. It was university kids that were just dominating at the time. And so at the time, 25 seemed like you were over the hill in golf and you were ancient. So it used to be 40. And they said, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, move the mid-am down to the 25-year-olds, and everyone's like, 25? Like, yeah. it's pretty young. But yeah. still now, if you look at if you look at the Canadian amateur, it's it's your 19-year-old NCAA students. Or still is, yeah. Yeah, yeah it still is, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't think it's going to change much. It's just going to reward somebody, you know, and, and kind of, like I said, align. Because then, you know, because then all of a sudden, you know, if you're a mid-am here and you're the mid-am champ, maybe you start thinking about maybe going to the Canadian mid-am. Yeah. I think the PEIGA released their schedule too early. That's just my thought, though. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't even know golf courses were had schedules and dates and all that lined up for all the tournaments. I mean, there's a lot of tournaments I bet you that'll come out between now and when the season starts that they can always adjust their calendar. It's pretty much the same every year, no. But I'd like to see their schedule with everything on it. You know, if you look at their schedule, it has, you know, their main events. And maybe their Harvest Moon. But a lot of those dates are, like, um, the Harvest Moon and all that. They, I don't think, it must say TBD on that. I'll have to look at it. But I wouldn't think they'd have a date locked up already for Mill River in October. Or, you know, I'd like to see also, like, maybe some of the funner events on that too, right? So I can look at one schedule for the year and I can say, this is what is available for me to play. I can look at conflicting weekends and be like, oh, I can't play in that this year because this is on. Is that possible? Well, I don't, I don't know. Again, Does I mean, it have to be a PEIGA-sanctioned well, event to make it on their tournament calendar, or should they just be able to say, these are just golf events on PEI? Well, They can have a little PEIGA logo next to the Amateur and next to the Harvest Moon. Anything that's a PEIGA-sanctioned event, put your logo next to it. Where do you cut it off? Like, do you cut it off into... Every, anything. Because, well, hold on, but like, you're going to have every single scramble, and you're going to have sure. every single... If a, if a golf course calls you... If Eagles Glen calls and says, listen, can you put our 666 on your PEIGA golf calendar? Yeah. It's uh, July 11th. It's a Friday. I think we should get Put it on. That. I think that's what we should have on our site. Right. We should have the PEI golf tournament calendar. If anybody out there agrees with that is still listening and uh, agrees, then uh, shoot us a message. We'll fi- put some fire in our ass. I find we'll so many done. times you have, you have three or four different working calendars on it. You have the PIGA one. Yep. Then you're going to have um, Gal- PI's Finest. They have their own calendar, right? Because they have the, the Nike, the um, 
the longest day of golf. Yep. Yeah, they Golf have, and Palooza. Golf and Palooza. They, got, uh, they have the Nike. The, yeah, the Nike shootout. Nike but shootout. I, think, I think those ones are all like, as the as the you know they don't know what their season is going to look like. Right. <coughs> so there could be a chance that you know they they ixnay some of those yep. because they're like, well, we've got a tournament or a corporate event that's coming in that day or whatever. Like they're not going to set in stone the Nike shootout if they get someone from. I don't know, I don't know, Microsoft. Yeah, wants that, to book, book that the course for the day. Book that yeah. day. But that's why I find would like to see our golf tournament calendar come out maybe in March. Like nobody, nobody is booking anything now anyway. So you don't need to. Pl- you don't. You don't need to know when the amateur is in January. Yeah. You're, you're not planning that far ahead. It, it, that would give time to get a hold of like all the courses once those guys get back into the office. They listen, are you having any tournaments this year? We can add you in later if you change your mind. But on your plate right now, do you have anything we can put in here? One working golf calendar could have 50 tournaments on it for PEI this year. But I can look in June 24th. There might be three three different events going on. Yeah. I well, I, listen, I, I I I love that idea, and I I think that uh, you know I think I'd love to see more tournaments. I mean, not so much like um, what do you call it, like single play? What do you call it, like stroke play? Stroke events? play events, yeah. But let's let's throw out the mixed tournaments or let's throw out the more family tournaments or let's throw out you know let's let's get a lot of these ones out there and i don't know man I, i'm kind of feeling like that could be a great little business idea like you you create a site where um basically people like it's a basic sign up page yeah and, and they can register through the site for any tournament they want here's your here's your list or all you need to do is just have the list of of tournaments in a calendar or whatever Somebody clicks on it, and right there, it doesn't even have to be too much. All it is is this is how you register. Call this number, email this person, do whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, just make it simple for folks. Click on it. A, a, two, a two-line little bio. This is a 36-hole stroke play event individual. This is a 666 format. And it would help the golf one course, event. too, and, and it would help tournament organizers because that's the other thing. There is a shit ton of cherry events, you know, and fundraisers out there. Oh, right? yeah. Like that, that would love to make, you know, love to have the guaranteed people already in them. Yeah. I don't know. Reserve a certain amount for whoever, for people coming back. Whatever you want to do, but I don't know. I don't know. That could be something. Can you that, imagine uh, the, the old Island Green tournament, uh, <laughs> tournament calendar? Can you imagine if one calendar had every tournament that was on PEI? Well, that's what we're talking about, isn't it? But I mean, if you, even like... The chamber and the Holland College and like your bit your your QBH like the say the top dog uh, sponsored events I know Anderson Creek Cavendish Foxman they all have tons of them we would have like two hundred a season you'd have More. a ton you'd have a ton and I, and I will say like but for for me right like unfortunately there's not that many mixed tournaments uh, around I remember um, that one of the last ones that we went into we played with uh, Sue Allen and Al. Uh, Stewart and and it was one of the and actually we played with uh, another one with Sherry and and Bola uh, Sherry White and, and Bola Lukeman and you know those were awesome events and for me I always enjoy myself I'm on the golf course I'm enjoying myself we're we're having a good time but also Same. for for, <laughs> for 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 Bernadette I mean she got to know these other people she likes golfing she's you know now she sees them all the time her friends and all that kind of stuff and for me i'm like that's that's great build the community um and if i knew that there was one coming up at a different golf course bingo let's go i I think it's just a matter of honestly that 
people don't have a one spot to go and register like or, or to see what's available and such i mean you've got your main ones and everybody knows about those your stand-up open your you know uh the island open like all of these avondale but yeah i don't know man there could be something there nice yeah and we're I like it my social calendar fills up very quick in the summer too so i need to know where i'm going to be um events i have to go speak at um live commentate uh, so the earlier I know these dates and the sooner I get booked up, <laughs> the better. Listen, so, um, and, uh, so we've been going on rambling on here for almost an hour, but, um, oh Lord. do we, um, do we want to give the listeners a little, you know, heads up as to what we're kind of looking at doing this year? Um, you know, I think we mentioned in the last podcast, we got, you know, what's the proverbial sayings like we got sticks in the fire or we got, uh, you know, yep. things are brewing. But, yeah, we got a lot uh, of ideas. Yeah, we got a lot of ideas. I mean, um, we're definitely uh, nothing's uh, nothing's in concrete. Okay, but, well, uh, while, while you're fumble fucking over your words over yeah, there, okay. I get us a, so we're gonna try and do three a week, three a month at least, right? Yeah, three pods a week. Get together and do three a month, three right. a month, and um, that's what we're gonna try to hold ourselves to. We're going to be doing um, obviously a bunch more interviews as well. We're gonna line up some some folks and um you know if anybody out there thinks that they have a uh a guest that would make a good guest then we you know let's let's evaluate let's see if that would be a possibility to line it up make it happen um you know we're kind of setting up our schedule for the year uh we get a little bit more organized so last year we were very much as you know what it was pretty damn smooth but um if, if i'm being honest i think we hit a wall in late fall I think they all know that because we didn't do any <laughs> podcasts for about a month and a half. Um, you know, it. Uh, we had a lot of really cool guests on. And, I mean, we had a lot of content. We, we also had a lot of stuff. You know, I, I played a fair bit of golf. You played a fair bit of golf. Ben has a very busy business end he's running. Plus, he likes to play some golf. And in the fall was just like hit a wall. Hit oh. a wall in the fall. Well, in the fall. Um, but that's what uh, kind of November, December is for, right? Recharge the old batteries, just like the Tesla. I'm hoping to get the supercharge. <laughs> I'm going to get 1,000K out of this next charge. And, um, <laughs> yeah, like I said, we've, we, 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 have, we do have some guests lined up. So uh, if you're looking forward to some really cool, cool guests, they will be coming on here uh, shortly in the new year. Um, and, yeah, some other, some other cool stuff we got on the go. So. Anyway, uh, let's wrap this up. Okay. But thank you. Uh, oh, wait. Actually, before we wrap it up, yep. we were we wanted to go into our TV shows and our movies and stuff that That's we've been right. watching. So um, I finished watching Succession, the three seasons, ten about 10 episodes per. Okay. And um, Is it good? I can't get into it. I, I'd give it about a, I'd give it about an 8 out of 10. Really? Okay. That's good. Um, shit. Uh, that might be high. Maybe maybe 7. Okay. Yeah, 7 or 8. But... Uh, once you get into it, it's it's very much a I'm a, very much about the characters, and you know, so it's uh, the the characters are what keeps me going. And and anyway, I just wanted to get it finished, and you know, like I wanted to see what happens next. And anyway, it held my attention three seasons, so you know that was that was pretty good. Um, what about you? Um, I did Narcos Mexico season three, I think it was Narcos season four, but Mexico two. All those narcoses were awesome. Yeah, so I just I, I did that pretty quickly. Narcai, narcoses. Anyway, um, uh, Ozark season four is coming up. I saw the preview for that. I think it's January twenty yeah, first. Season four, actually. part one. Yeah. So you know they're definitely just sucking us in for. Um, 
I watched uh, Bateman's unreal, eh? Like he's just like I love yeah. Jason Bateman as a as an actor. Such such a different character in he's every like, other movie show he plays though. He plays the Yeah. You look at him well, and Well sort of. I mean his character is the same. Yeah, I guess. It's kinda of like Ryan Reynolds. Smart ass. Like it's always it's that dry kind of whatever. But yeah, smart ass kind of dry thing. But I, I don't know. I just I love the I love the I love the character that he plays. Um I Goliath season Lang four Morris. with uh, Billy Bob Borton, uh, Billy Billy Bob Thornton. Which uh, one? Called Goliath. It's pretty. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that every time I turn on my Amazon TV. Yeah. It's trying to advertise it. Amazon TV. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty good one. Um, I'm Brian Baumler. I watch a lot of his home home rental shows. Like you, every did single. Did you one. watch Island of Brian? Oh, Island of Brian, House of Brian, yeah, Life yeah. of Brian, Island of Brian, Brian Inc. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I haven't watched all that kind of stuff. It's too much Baumler. Um. So yeah, those were my go-to shows. There, uh, The Office. I'd never watched The Office before, the you know U.S. What? version. I haven't either. I, haven't I started either. it. We are going to get flamed online for this, but yeah, it was I pretty funny. Watched, uh, I haven't. Wa- I've watched bits and parts, um, uh, but I I do want to get get into them. But um, what was I going to say? You know, <laughs> so we'll watch. And uh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to be embarrassed about this. But uh, when I we do we do the chef's plate, whatever, and then we'll. Bring it over to the other side of the island here, and, and Bernadette and I will always watch a great Canadian baking show. Have you even heard of that? I've heard of Cake Boss. Yeah, well, I, it's probably similar. Similar, yeah. But anyway, the first two seasons actually had um, Dan Levy as one of the hosts, and you know, so I mean, huge host. Like, I would think, I don't know. Anyway, but I don't know why I like it. I, I, it's just it's it's a reality show. You know, it's not too bad. It's, it's harmless. It's pretty fun. It's impressive is what it is. There's a girl from PEI that was on it there. Um, and uh, like the stuff they come up with is, man, yeah, for the, amateur bakers, it's nuts. The cake show's pretty good. Same way. The stuff they come up with is pretty cool, yeah. All right. Um, okay. That's it. We'll uh, we'll wrap this up. Thanks so much for listening. We're almost at an hour here. And, uh, and we didn't talk about anything. Not really. <laughs> so we'll, uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll see you next time. All right. See you soon. All right, bye.